The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy. I am joined on this edition of the show with uh, the only the second ever Target Wrestling Triple Crown Champion. It's Luke Ross. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Um, so, yeah, as of recording, you're, you're the heavyweight champion. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, it'll still be the same case. And if anyone listens in the future, it'll still be the same case. But... Um, we've got the, the champ on on the show today. So the first question is always the same. So it's always the standard question every wrestler gets asked. Oh, this is your first podcast, so it might not be uh, the first time you've been asked yeah. it. But uh, how did you get into wrestling? What was the moment that got you hooked? Um, well, I used to live with my granddad. And I think it was about the age of three that I started watching. Um, so that would be like 1998. So like late WWF coming into WWE was normally the time where I started watching. Um, and I think it was kind of the cruiserweights that got me mainly involved in it. 98 then, so that would, that would be the minis. <laughs> oh no, there would be cruiserweights. Yeah, the lightweight yeah. title was around the time as well. Rios and... Like Mick Michinoku and and uh, Brian Christopher and what have you. Yeah. Um, was was there anyone in particular that you said the cruiserweights? Was there anyone in particular that, that caught your eye? Um, I think maybe when it comes around like the two thousand and three, two thousand and four area, um, Baltimore Dragon was like a big like start for me. Like everything that I did, I just idolized. Uh, same with like Roman Stereo as well. I think it was more like the, the mass wrestlers that caught my attention. And I think I always wanted to give that go, but um, I don't have a mass, so I don't think it went very well. I've, I've spoke to a couple of the mass guys now, and yeah, you have to be a, a, a special kind of breed to to add that extra pressure onto you when you kind of hear or barely see because your peripheral vision's out as well uh, to, to pull off a mask. Uh, I mean, some try and they maybe shouldn't, but there's plenty of mass wrestlers about now that, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still don't understand how they put up with the heat and things like that. And seeing the guys like Ultimo Dragon and Rey Mysterio do it for so long, thinking, gee, there must be some sort of air filtration system in there somewhere because it's, yeah, the absolute heat of the thing. So, yeah, 2003, that, that was a peak time for the cruiserweights then. Uh, of course, WrestleMania 20 was 2004, and you had Ultimo Dragon uh, and all that in the Cruiserweight uh, Open, uh, if I remember rightly. Uh, so, so, yeah. so last you said you're 398, so I'd be 95. So you're about, about 9, 10, around about that time then. Um, how did yeah. you go from that then to, to deciding you wanted to actually train to be a wrestler? Um, I think I always wanted to be a wrestler. I think. It was a it was definitely a dream, you know. Sometimes you think they're a bit out of reach, um, and then I think it was it was a two page spread um, in our local newspaper 
uh, for a training school. And at this time, I've just turned 18. So this is 2013. And I think it's only been open a couple of months. This is the Target Wrestling Training School. And I'm, my granddad came up and he was like, have you seen this? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, and he was like, well, why don't you give it a go? I was like, because I have asthma as well, I thought maybe that might defer my like chances in a sense of becoming a wrestler. Um, and plus I was a little bit heavier than I am now. So that also weighed me down. Um, but I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. So I messaged the page and I went, um, I'm interested in, you know, giving it a go. And I think it was maybe a couple of days later, I showed up with really bad trainers, no knee pads, no elbow pads. And quite frankly, I was out of shape, <laughs> which is what I realised. Um, but from that moment, I knew that this is what I was wanting to do and pursue. Well, were you aware of Target and that beforehand? Did you go to any of the shows, anything locally, and uh, to see what the kind of British scene was like? I, or... I think it was it was a WZW, I think it was. Um, they used to do um, tours, and I remember there being a, a little page spread of the Mattress Boys back in 2004. Was there any, anyone that you remembered seeing uh, from those shows? Um, the main ones, the 2004, I think it was D'Lo Brown, um, Jake the Snake Roberts was on the show. So it was like, it was big names. And obviously being a, a fan, it was like, this is awesome. And then obviously the Natchez boys who were the local boys who I'd never heard of before that. They were just, but the, the hat, they made them out like, these are the big deal. You know what I mean? These are the local boys. Um, and I think that was kind of one of the things that got me to go to the show as well. Because it's like, well, these guys are from my area and wrestlers. It's something that was, you know, that I never knew was any wrestlers. Well, the Natural Boys then. So, of course, when you went to Target, they were, the, were, were they in charge of the training? Um, I think at the time there was John and Dave, uh, aka Shady, who were the trainers. And then there was Will, who was like the promoter of the show, like shows and like, behind the scenes kind of stuff when I started. So I was looking at you when you debuted then. So it was only 24, well, according to the Germans at Cage Match, uh, your debut was 2014. So did you, once you'd realised that turning up in, in tatty trainers and no protection, knee pads, elbow pads, once you'd, you'd got past that bit, um, did you did you take to it quite quickly then? Because, I mean, you're saying you were quite out of shape, you had asthma, what have you? Yeah, I was <laughs> I was given a different opportunity. Um, I was thrown in a month after I started. Uh, they were doing the trainee show, the first ever trainee show, and they needed a referee. And they went, okay, you're not quite ready, you know, to be on the shows, but do you want to give a go at the doing the refing? And obviously, being a part of a show, you know, would mean the world to us. So I thought, why not? We'll give it a shot. And I think I became one of the most, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. I was known for certain things because of my refing, but not because of my refereeing, which is interesting. Right. <laughs> okay. I've, I've no idea what, well, give us an example then. Um, there was, 
I think it was an anniversary show and I've come back from university just to referee the show. And they did the announcement, or oh, the referee uh, is Luke Ross. Straight away, there was a chant. Um, well, maybe 160 people chanting that I had in PG terrible hair. Um, but there was another word used in that. <laughs> I was known for my hair. I didn't have the best haircuts, basically. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't, I have no, an ability to judge haircuts, <laughs> uh, but um, I know I've had a few in the time. Is it, is, I mean, I'm going to guess just for haircuts, I would find that word. Uh, was, <laughs> was it the, was it the emo classic, like flat at the front, spiked at the back kind of thing? Was what, what, what were we talking about? It was the old school university, I'll cut my own hair look. So um, maybe a little bit of a bowl shape. <laughs> like a Lego, like yeah. a Lego head. Okay, right. I'm with you now. That's that. That makes sense with the, with the fringe that kind of went in and out. And this yeah. is, okay, right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not condoning uh, a referee getting chanted up for for a rubbish haircut. But now you've described it, I, I can <laughs> I can see it a little bit. Slightly so, agree with you. A little bit. I would have to see photographic evidence to confirm, but yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of on board. Uh, so refereeing then, that's a, a different animal because I've, I've lucky enough to speak to a couple of referees as well during this. Uh, actually, I say a couple, one. And uh, it, it's it's a bit different because you've got to do timings, you've got to get finishes, you've got to kind of know what's happening in the match. Did you find that was uh, good for like learning a structure of a match uh, just by being in the ring watching it happen? I think it definitely helped me understand the logic of wrestling more. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand there is a lot to wrestling other than just going in the ring and throwing a few moves in there. Um, ring placement, I think I, I learned a lot about being in the right place at the right time. There were a few occasions where obviously you have to take a referee bump as well and you have to know exactly where to come in, which kind of, there were a few occasions where I might have came in either a little bit late or a little bit early, but over time it kind of taught me exactly to know where I need to be when I'm wrestling and also where to work the best. Like, say, you've got a crowd and you know one side's a little bit louder than the other. So try and work towards them to get the noise up. I learned that through reffing, which is interesting. Anytime I've seen that uh, any target shows or clips or matches online, they've, they've got a very vocal audience, which I suppose is, is quite helpful for that lesson. Uh, has there been uh, a chance, like if you've been at a gala show or what have you, and you've, you've had to do that and there's just nothing, there's no wrestling fans there and you're kind of having to just eyes back of the head, hope for the best? I think we did, um, we did a caravan park show um, we basically did like a tournament, just put a few of the trainees on and I think maybe there was about five or six wrestling fans actually in the audience that knew who we were and the rest were basically people who've been on ho like come on holiday. So you kind of have to think, oh, what's, what's going to work here? Because they look like an interesting bunch of people and I don't really know whether they're excited to see this or they've just come for a sit down. So it's like trying to think, okay, what, what am I to do here? So 
I think pretty much the whole time I was either screaming like a girl to try and get some sort of reaction from them or basically saying, come on, I'm the good guy. Woo, cheer for me. Just to try and get something. Oh, the the, the camp classics, just the, the clap and come on are, are insults. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah. <laughs> after, after eight years, I still do the come on every time I come out. Come on. It, it's just there. It has to be done. Uh, so twenty. So I've got your debut down, uh, courtesy of cage matches against Medallion in twenty fourteen. So what was it like trading in the stripes and actually uh, wrestling for the first time in front of a crowd? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, against um, Medallion first match. I'm assuming it wasn't very long for you to gauge how it was or or was it was it quite a competitive match what, what was it like I think I got beaten up a bit I remember having a bus lip um, I remember coming out of that match thinking ouch this is going to hurt for a week um, but it was it was in front of my hometown so this was like the big one you know I had all my friends down and stuff to come and see me and at this point I'd, I'd probably say I wasn't exactly agile as I am now. So if there is footage somewhere hidden, probably of that match, uh, me looking very out of breath half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so first match. What, what, so I was asking, what, what your friends think of it? Were they quite supportive? Were they wrestling fans? Were they supportive of, of you? Pursuing it, and what did they think of it after you came out with a busted lip and looking a bit worse for wear? <laughs> um, I think they realised that, you know, I was happy to be there. Um, I talk to my friends a lot about wrestling and my dreams of being a wrestler. So, obviously, when they got to see me actually in the ring, I think they kind of realised, oh, he's actually doing what he wanted to do. Whereas, like, some people may just say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I might give it a go. I might do it. Whereas me, I'm actually living. And to be honest, I think they knew, like, even if just had one match, that one match there, they're being happy. Uh, but no, everyone was really supportive of us coming up for photos and that, like, oh, shit, sure, you never know, 10 years' time. Could be something big. Like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, There's still, still plenty really time. Still playing. Well, we're six, we're six, seven years in now. If if you decide to count twenty twenty, uh, so I mean, there's still plenty, plenty of time. NXT UK is about. Um, if you're still there, you're still there. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you were soon put into a tag team with Chris Kendall. So, how did that come about? Yeah. Uh, it was. Chris had only been training maybe a year and a half to two years at the point that we put together. And for some reason, we became one of the most loved tag teams in target wrestling. I mean, it, it, I was just checking like you on the titles again. So it was, 20, it was 2018. So we had a fair jump now, uh, 2014 to 2018. Yeah. But your, your tag title win was against... So this is Chris Ross. We came up with the name. That can't have been you guys because you're too young to know about uh, Chris Cross. <laughs> uh, who, who came I up with, with was, Chris Ross? 
it might have been Ryan Devlin. Um, I'm going to blame it on him. I think um, it definitely wasn't us two. I think we had a few other names in the bag and they just casually had it already set up on a graphic and we just have to go with it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you, you found out when everyone else did uh, in yeah. the crowd. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, 2018 tag title win. Um, at this, this point, you're quite a popular team and you beat just a who's who of tag teams. Polo Promotions, uh, Grizzled Young Veterans and CJ Banks and Shading Trust. So again, someone that, that would have helped you get to where you are, Shady. Uh, one of the best tag teams in, in the UK, at the, certainly at the time, Polo Promotions, and then of course uh, Gibson and and uh, James Drake, grizzled young veterans who are in NXT now. Uh, only only a couple of years, maybe I think must maybe in NXT UK at that point. So this would have been your first title. What was yeah. it like then? How how was how was it like? Uh, you you formed this team, big, it's gone popular. And then you're, you're actually getting to hold the belts. Um, well, the weird thing is me and Chris didn't find out we were going to be in the match until two days before. Um, there was meant to be, I think it was Carbon and Joseph Biggs and Carbon was injured. So they changed it around a bit and Shady was training us on the Wednesday and me and Chris kind of give a big talk of why maybe we should be in the match just casually um given a, a little sly intention there and we got a message next day or oh, have your gear for saturday you're in a match i was like oh, okay show up on the saturday find out we're in the the tag team title match we're like oh no this, this is this is the big big deal we shouldn't be here um and yeah it's actually Win it was a bit of a shock for both of us because Chris at the time I think was 17 so obviously he's like one of the youngest champions in Target Wrestling history because of that which you know is a big deal to him um, but to go in the ring with you know these big names and there's us two who weren't really known at the time we were just kind of coming up in Target as wrestlers or a tag team as opposed to me just being the referee and this kind of gave us a chance to show people what we were actually capable of. Because there was something there. We, we have a good bond. Well, we did have a good bond. Um, and I think having a four-way with probably six men who have done it all kind of helped us push towards where we are now. So I suppose in these teams, as well, especially the likes of uh, Grizzled Young Vets, they, they wouldn't be uh, in target as often. So at least um, you've got it's, it's the home down boys to to support uh, for the crowd. And much like when you went to that first show, and you, it was the Trust Boys, you're now the yeah. equivalent uh, to to people that are coming to the shows. Um, so this this is quite a common occurrence then, uh, or more common than you think about you being surprisingly winning titles um, so we'll, def- <laughs> we'll definitely get on to, hopefully we'll get on to that if, if the internet decides to continue yeah. letting us chat uh, so so you held titles for, for two months uh, and then of course uh, end up dropping I think it was, was it to, to Shady and, and Banks I think it was I don't have that information from me but uh, so yeah so we got to 2018 only, not only winning the tag titles but you also won uh, a Solway Cup 
um, looked like it was a one night tournament. Is that just kind of like a tour tournament? Yeah, I think that was the um, the one that I was talking about before, possibly the Solway Cup tournament. Um, the one that we did at the Caravan Park. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. There's been plenty of uh, Elgin Cups up my end of the of the of the country, so I, I get that. I understand now. So it, it looked really exciting <laughs> when I was like, "Oh, cup winner, great!" And then, yeah, okay. <laughs> I should have checked where it was. So <laughs> it was okay. Sorry, uh, so, so, so it, it's great that you won it because uh, you defeated Shady again. Another this 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 uh, Shady and the Trust fella fella seems to be quite intrinsic with all these kind of stories at the moment. So, twenty nineteen arrived. And you became high octane champion. Did you know yes. at the time? Did you find out just before the pinfall? Did you know you were going to win the title? <laughs> <laughs> this one, I did know a little bit in advance that I was going to win it. Um, so it was a massive surprise. Um, I just, that was the only thing I didn't know about it. Well, let me, I don't know either because the audio cut out there. What, what did you know about it? <laughs> I'm trying to get Mexican. Can you hear me now? I, I can hear. Yeah, it just seems to cut out every so often. Um, I, I don't know why, but it's just, it could be it could be a, a connection issue at my end for what have you. But um, so yeah, so you knew a couple. What I got was you knew a little bit in advance that you were going to win it, but there was a bit in the middle that was gone, and then you came back and saying that was the only bit I didn't know. So what was the bit? The only bit you didn't know. <laughs> the only the only bit I didn't know was how long I was going to have the rain for. There we go. Excellent. <laughs> we'll complete that story. <laughs> so, I mean, I was just having a look through your opponents, and of course, there's a lot of, of classic target folk that you wrestled, uh, the core roster. Uh, but one one match that stuck out for me was, of course, March 2019 against Johnny Storm, uh, who, of course, if I mean, your age, you would have had, you probably would have had a wrestling channel. You may have been able to watch some of his stuff on there. Uh, it means Johnny Storm. So, uh, how how was it like getting to the ring with with a, a bona fide British legend? Um, when I found out about the match, I was like, literally, why? Like, I was shocked. I was like, oh, you know, to be able to do that is just a blessing itself. Um, when I was nervous the whole day, there was I don't know if there was any point where I felt like. I was under control and we were actually put on first. So obviously I didn't have time to kind of watch a bit of the show and get the nerves down a bit. I did. For, for someone who, you know, at the time I was maybe 23, 23, 24. And, you know, he, you know, early 40s, he was <laughs> probably in a lot better shape than me and as well. Um, I think with him, it, it was a unique experience that I think I'll always remember. But it's definitely one of my go-to matches when, you know, I talk about wrestling, you know, who have you been in the ring with? And, and then obviously one of the big names that will come up, Johnny Storm, because he is like the, the ultimate British cruiserweight. And, you know, I was thankful for the opportunity to step in the ring with him. Absolutely. Him, him and uh, Jodie Fleisch are uh, two names that when you think about the guys that have come through the uh, the dark ages of British wrestling, they're the two names that are still that are still uh, 
applying their trade and and still putting on some of the best matches of the night. So 2019, that's you kind of broke away into a singles career. So after a year or two of being in a tag team, how did you find moving into wrestling primarily as, as a singles wrestler? There was a big adjustment. Um, I didn't realise how much a tag team partner actually does for you during the match. Um, I had to kind of control my cardio a bit better as well. Um, I was used to like r- kind of not rushing fins, but doing a lot of fast stuff, trying to get a lot of moves in quick succession. And I realised now I have to spread that stuff out. I have to kind of, you know, make this last a bit longer and try and make sure that I can still breathe. But I have to through the math. Um, but as well, um, a lot of different matches for them to watch and also give me a chance to kind of come out into my own instead of kind of working between a shadow, in a sense. Um, but yeah, I think I would love to go back in a tag team. I think it would be, you know, the best thing ever to go back in a tag team at this moment. Um, maybe not with Chris Kendall, but um, singles wrestling is definitely giving me some of the best opportunities I've had in wrestling so far. So yeah, I mean, it's it's twice the work. That's pretty much the the, the big thing of it, isn't it? And like you're saying, you have to kind of work out a way to spread the things you do and, and to, to control. How did you find your... So you, you start training in 2013 and we're up in the story timeline, we're up to 2019. So that's that's five years. So did you find... I mean, I haven't seen before and after pictures, but did you find you were able to, to get yourself in a bit more of a uh, a way to control your cardio, to, to get yourself in better ring shape? Or is that something you always kind of struggled with? You still there? I'm, I'm still here, yeah. So I don't... <laughs> Did, did, did you get that question? Uh, I got half of the question. Cool, that's fine. The second half was probably offensive. Uh, no, I was just asking, did you, <laughs> when, when you, so you started, tra- you started training in 2013 and then we're up to 2019. So that's actually, that's, that's six years. Uh, and you said at the start that asthma and you weren't in this, as best shape as you could have been to start yeah. doing training. Um, what did you find, uh, how did you, what did you do to kind of, build up your cardio did you uh, take advance advice from likes of shady to to do more gym work running what was your kind of battle plan i think there was a point where i felt i'm going against these bigger guys who you know probably have really really like the rim fit shape and i think at that point it was kind of like right i need to do something for myself because at the time i kind of just felt like it was a hobby for me um you know, yeah, I would have liked to take it serious, but as well at that time, I, I was still at university, so I was still studying, and I was having the party lifestyle as well, which didn't exactly help. Um, but I started trying to go to the gym. I started playing a few sports, trying to get myself a bit more active, because I wasn't really an active child. So trying to push myself towards doing this stuff as well didn't really help. <laughs> and so I had to kind of, give myself a real good kick up the backside and say, this, listen, this is what you need to do. Um, but one of the main things that I had issues with with this is I lost quite a bit of weight fast. Um, 
which resulted in me having a few injuries. So my cardio may have been up, but I also resulted in doing a bit of damage to myself as well. Well, if you if you're trying to do the same things and you're doing it with less padding, uh, like uh, like bumps and running the ropes, uh, what was there any particular? Was it just like niggles, like knees, or or was there a particularly uh, bad one that kind of put you on the shelf for a little bit? Um, there was. I was like pretty much coming up to the end of the high octane rain. Um, I'd found out that it was coming close. And there was a, we were doing a charity event and I landed weirdly on my shoulder and I didn't really think anything of it at first. And I got through the rest of the match and then I got backstage and I couldn't feel my arm at all. It all feeling had gone. Um, so, and it was literally like going blue to the point. So I had to go, go away and get it checked out. And I found out I did nerve damage in my shoulder, which put me on the shelf for, I think it was about six, seven weeks before I came back. But I had to, unfortunately, drop the High Octane Division Championship due to that. So that wasn't exactly what I expected or how I expected it to end, unfortunately. But these things happen. And, you know, wrestling isn't, you know, this as safe as people may think it is. There's always going to be that risk of injury. Yeah, yeah. There's all, it, can only, it can only take one moment and then that's... That could be it for a lot of people. Um, so we kind of glossed over. We're still in 2019. Chris Kendall then. So you had your, your tag team run, and then there was a breakup. Uh, I didn't write down the timeline for this specifically, uh, but was this pre or post uh, High Octane Championship? This, this was um, post High Octane. So this looks like in, in the middle of the High Octane. Um, Chris... And actually, I think it was November of 2018 or December, while at work in real life, it broke his ankle, which meant that he had to take at least four or five months off, which also led to me kind of having my singles run. Um, and when he came back, it was basically I was in the limelight and he was kind of just stuck in limbo, didn't he didn't know what he was doing or anything like that. Um, so apparently the best case solution was to take out on me. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so after years of, of actually wrestling next to him, um, you guys would have, a bit, would have had a bit of chemistry. Uh, you would have known what each other is like. So what was it like actually wrestling with Chris and I suppose with this little added caveat of it being a bit more of a um, like a, a, a blood feud, for lack of a better term, uh, were you able to kind of just get a little bit stiffer, a little bit dirtier and, and when it came to these matches? What was it like in entering with, with Chris? I think because we've been through so much together, I don't think we exactly wanted to go in there and just oh, let's be a little bit friendly with each other. Um, we went out there to fight. We went to prove a point. What, what was that like then? Um, it was sore. <laughs> um, I think we knew what we had to do. We had to go out there and we had to show everyone what this meant to us. In the end of the day, only one of us could come out on top. And when you're in the tag team, 
you know, both your names are there, but in singles, only one of you can be, you know, above each other. Um, so we had it under a North Bard rules match, um, something to it. And the reaction um, when Chris actually beat me, Chris beating me, um, I don't think anyone expected it. I think, you know, they've built this up where I'm the older one of the group. I was the one that was more known. And when Chris beat me, people were like, why? You know, what's going on here? You know, um, but in a way, I think it was kind of a rite of passage for Chris to beat me to kind of progress to the next level for himself. 2020 arrives, uh, of course. (laughs) It's not a great year, 2020 in general. Um, I've written down 2020 for all these things, but I think it's actually 2021 is all the the big things. Because um, we've got your your debut yeah. in Preston City Wrestling for the Open Ring Seven. Um, like it was that 2020, just before pandemic. Uh, yeah. Just February. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. So so I was like uh, wrestling outside of Target. <laughs> Um, it was nice to be somewhere different, um, kind of meet new people um, and work in front of a different crowd. It was definitely different. So, yeah, it was different. And I mean, your opponents in the match were, of course, uh, familiar to you. I think one was Owen Michaels. I don't know who they are. Yeah. I want to say Sammy Sparks was the other. Yeah, yeah. Two other target trainees. So it was, it was like, it, it was new. It was... A different pace, but still kind of that familiarity of, of being in the ring with, with folk that you knew at the same time. Yeah. Excellent. Um, right, so we're, we'll, we'll fire through the end here. Uh, so I've got things outside of, of obviously, Target, but, uh, of course, the big thing um, happened this year, which would have been you winning the Target Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. So for those that don't know. It was a tournament. Uh, the The title was vacated June 2020 for reasons, and uh, you defeated Ivy Misk, uh, Ivy Mist, not Misk, Mist, Sheikh El Sham, Medallion, and in the final, here's his name again, Shading Trass. Common occurrence here that uh, you went in and you didn't know, or you <laughs> this this point. This is actually the 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 worst one, but it's the most time. Uh, sensitive one. You didn't know when you went into that match you're winning the heavyweight title. I did not know I was winning until the bell ran at the end of the match. So, what was your what was your initial motion? Was she did she tell you, or did you think there was a mistake? What was what was the kind of first thoughts as soon as that bell <laughs> rang? I was I was going into it for uh, I think a week thinking right I'm not getting the title just go out there have a good match um, you know with the main event we'll just do something you know I'll do and obviously there was a bit more that I thought was going to happen after that pinfall I was kind of bracing myself for it and then when the free hit I straight away was like nah some no 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 it's wrong I looked straight at Shay. I was like, why haven't you kicked out? And straight, just give me some nod. And I was like, oh, no. And one of my music started hitting, you know, almost eight years of hard work and dedication. 
um, to finally have the, you know, your name there as heavyweight champion was something that I never dreamed of. Um, I never thought it could happen because I'm not exactly a heavyweight. I think quite a few people have pointed that one out. Um, but yeah, I think I was just in complete shock that they give me this opportunity to kind of be the top name of the company. So yeah, second uh, Target Wrestling Triple Ground winner uh, behind, of course, Shady uh, being being the first. So you're very, very uh, on a short list of, of in the history books of Target Wrestling. Um, so like I say, at the time of recording uh, and hopefully at the time of release, you will still be the Target Wrestling Heavyweight Champion as well. But outside of that, you're also due to take part in Prime Wrestling UK's Breakout Series which is going to be on YouTube. I don't know if it's still happening because it was announced back in March. But um, So again, just have another opportunity to get your name out there a bit more. So have you taken 2021 to after the pandemic happened? 2021 is just going to be the year that you just put it all in, all in on Luke Ross. Yes, yes. Um, I think next year is going to be the year where I want to kind of venture out and kind of, experience new companies new areas and just try and you know become something um you know i've been working eight years now and i think now it's kind of time to not necessarily fly the nest but kind of you know take things that come my way absolutely and outside of that of course uh, you you've got uh, lar digital which you just announced days ago uh, on on the old twitterverse as, as of recording um, so is this kind of like your, your backup? Because I know there's a lot of places, a lot of wrestlers now that do have that kind of digital marketing background, like Bear Hug Design, Aspen Faiths, and uh, I'm sure Alex Parker up, in, up around about the Central Belt has has one as well, and, and Luke Aldridge. So is, is this kind of like your your backup plan to keep you busy? You're able to do all these. Hopefully your internet's holding up better than it is tonight when you're doing them. But uh, yeah, is, that, is, is digital design, was that what you went to, you need to do? I did TV production at university, so obviously video editing and kind of video manipulation is something that I'm quite okay at, I'd say. Um, it's always something that I've wanted to venture in, because um, currently I work in retail, so it, it's not exactly what I want to stay in. So this is kind of like me trying to branch out and kind of have something there to do that I'll enjoy as well as wrestling, but also hopefully make it into a business absolutely we'll get we'll definitely get all the plugs in uh, right so before we kind of wrap up because i think i think we're we're we've, we've tested the internet's patience already <laughs> this evening uh we've got our two questions that we ask everyone so the first one is uh what's your favorite dinosaur uh stegosaurus nice classic choice and what would win a fight two sheep or one cow oh, that's put me on the spot that one I know it's, it's 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 a big one. Either people like just come in with an answer, or they just just they overthink it. Just gut feeling: two sheep yeah. or one cow. If, if the sheep were big enough, I'd go with the two sheep. Fair enough. That like I say, that's the question. If you want to add more imagination to it, you go for it. <laughs> so, two big sheep would take on a, a cow. No yeah. bother. Awesome. Uh, right. Let's let's just let's just wrap up then and. Uh, and I can go and throw my computer out the window. Uh, so where can people find you on social media uh, for things like LAR Digital and, and yourself? Where can people find you? 
Um, so my Twitter is the Luke Ross ninety five. Uh, Instagram is Luke Ross Wrestle. If you look on Facebook, you'll find me at Luke Ross Wrestler. And for my other little branch, uh, LAR Digital, it is LA Ross Digital on Twitter. Perfect. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for for taking the time. Uh, like I, said, I apologize for for the for the technical difficulties that we've had, but uh, um, I'm sure people will still enjoy the conversation and we'll be able to check you out uh, at Target Wrestling uh, in in the future as well. So yeah, thanks thanks for taking the time to speak to me. Oh, it's all right. It's definitely been a, an enjoyable experience. So thank you very much for having me on.